Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes creating a professional website for your business, personal brand or portfolio so easy it's newsworthy. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer Guardian to get 10% off. The Guardian. Hello, this is Music Weekly. I'm Alexis Petridis. And I'm Kieran Yates. This week, Dom Lawson consumes a whole month of metal. Plus singles from Mac DeMarco, Leaf and Indiana. That's all here on Music Weekly from The Guardian. Harriet Gibson joins us. Hello, Harriet. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. What's been going on in the news? Um, so, we have a few things, I think. Yeah. Kate Bush is back. Bush is back. Which is great. Woo-hoo. P. Diddy's Puff Daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, Again. And Kim and Kanye. Kim and Kanye. Kanye's a vampire. A vampire? Mm-hmm. Is he a vampire? No reflection. What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He also, they have a walk-in house. Do they? Well, as we said, we, we have like, mm. the whole downstairs of the house is like a big wardrobe. Oh. Anyway, we have a walk-in house. It's a very odd interview, and the pictures are very odd as well. I haven't read the interview yet, actually. Pictures are weird, and yeah. the interview's weird. Have you read it, Kim? Yeah, lots of meta pictures of, you know, Kim taking pictures of her doing a selfie. A selfie. No, 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 let's get this right. It's, it's a photographer taking a picture of Kanye taking a photograph of Kim doing taking a selfie of herself and the baby. Absolutely. Is that meta? <laughs> kind of. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they all looked weird, the pictures. Yeah, they did. I don't know why. Aren't American Vogue pictures always a little bit strange and like dummy like? They've been sort of, I think they've been photoshopped to within an inch of their lives. But I I love the the backstory of um, Kanye reportedly really digging his heels in to get the cover of Vogue, which I find very inspiring. Yeah. And then Anna Wintour uh, responding uh, and releasing a press statement said that, saying actually, it had nothing to do with him digging heels in, and he, she's wanted to feature him for ages, and she loves Kim's strength of character. <laughs> we all love Kim's strength of character. Yeah. Um, what about this fella uh, from Brand Nubian, Lord Jamar, 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 Jamar yes. oh, yeah. going, oh, you know, uh, this is terrible. Hip-hop is becoming too sort of homosexual. Following Leaf's David Letterman performance. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing in that his argument is that... Um, Rappers are dressing too flamboyantly. Which is hilarious. Which is hilarious. And this is against the sort of principles on which hip-hop are founded. I direct you to a picture of Africa Bambata and the Soul Sonic Force. I I direct you to a picture of the Johnson (laughs) crew. I direct you particularly to a picture of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. And Tribe Called Quest was so camp looking. (laughs) There's just a thing. I don't think it was a deliberate thing. I don't think it was, you know what I mean? A sort of hearty thumbs up for, uh, you know... Uh, the uh, homosexual mm. like, I'm sure I'm sure it wasn't but just saying this automatic I, I don't know I just think the guy's an idiot but also I think it's interesting uh, sort of coming out and calling yourself a conservative hip hopper and then yeah. those the views that follow and, and he does have a following you know there, there, there's well, he's got more of a following of, now than he had before he said it yeah exactly really? but there's yeah there's loads of sort of conservative rap blogs who 
um, sort of chime with that thinking, which I think is always. When you say conservative rap blogs, is that uh, do you mean conservative sort of with a small C? I mean, do you do you mean actively right wing rap? Both. Rap blogs? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right wing rap. Really blogs? well, obviously uh, a lot of very homophobic stuff, but also a sure. lot of really right wing stuff and a lot of Tea Party fans who are big really? rap fans. Yeah. Is it but, is it religious any of it? Um, yeah, some of it is, but most of it I think is just um, sort of fodder to be. Nasty. You wouldn't have thought that there was much of a interse- intersection between Tea Party supporters and, and hip hop fans. I know, that's go- why but I mean, I suppose just goes to show you that you know it's, this is a, a genre that's been around for you know decades and decades and decades, and you know it's Im- Im- embedded, completely embedded in in popular culture. It's not really an alternative thing. It's not a weird thing to be into. Mm. So why well, Michael Gove's a big hip hop fan, isn't he? He likes. I think Michael Gove <laughs> likes music. In the tradition of the Bonzo Dog Doodah band, which is fair enough. That's you know nothing, nothing wrong with it. I think it's bad news when politics say that uh, politicians say they like music. It's terrible. Well, he said we well, went further than that and, and said that he rapped about free schools at a dinner party, didn't he? Michael oh, Gove did. God. Yes. Christ Almighty! Imagine <laughs> being, imagine being witness. I was once. This is true. At the uh, Liberal Democrat Party mm. conference, mm. and they have a thing. It's a tradition at the Liberal Democrat Party Conference where they have this big sing-song on the last night and it's like a huge, you know, hugely traditional thing. Everybody turns up. Um, it was hosted by um, Lembit Opic oh. <laughs> when I went. But, um, but you know, like, um, the, the leadership put... I mean, it, it's actually seen as, I think, with rank, within the rank and file of the Liberal Democrat uh, Party, it's seen as rather poor form in that Clegg sort of turns up a bit. Sure. Whereas Paddy Ashdown was there knocking back lines. <laughs> He tells this joke that he tells every year. It's, it's actually all right. But anyway, um, ah, now, I cannot remember the guy's name. Some high-up guy in the Liberal Democrats got up and he sang a comical version of That's Not My Name oh by my the Ting Tings about how he wasn't recognisable enough to the general public. Uh, I remember there one line said, they call me Shirley, but I'm not a girly. And it was. He seemed like quite a nice chap, this, this guy. Oh, that makes you physical. It's it a rough one. Yeah, it, it was just it was just the most awful thing. But they also had this uh, this uh, booklet, right? That, that you sort of that was the sing song, you know, uh, sort of liberal democrat kind of sing song uh, hymn book lib- libretto, and um, as well, it has all these kind of traditional liberal songs in it. You know, they have to date back to the sort of nineteenth century or the early part of the twentieth century. And uh, but then it had um, a version of uh, "Making Your Mind Up" by Books Fizz with the lyrics changed, uh, so they were about the coalition. Oh, um, and the opening lines of it went: uh, "You've got to lear beard up, then you've got to con it down." No. And at that point, I had to go and have a lie down. So I don't know. Oh, it's fucking it's terrible. Awful. Yeah, but now you're right. How do we get onto this? <laughs> <laughs> Politicians wading into any kind of music taste is You just shouldn't. You just said it was better. Especially hip hop. In the 80s. Yeah. Mrs. Thatcher went in uh, Smash Hits and was asked what her favourite record was. It was at mid 80s. And she went, oh, how much is that doggy in the window? At least she's honest. At least she's honest, you know. A lot of, um, I think a lot of bands live in fear that they're going to be name dropped by oh, God, uh, yeah. David Cameron. I mean, like, he likes Mumford and Alt J and Leanna Havis. And like, the, the press go crazy as soon as those bands are referenced because they're suddenly pinned as a kind of uh, right wing soundtrack suddenly. And yeah. it's just like, I like that Sam Cam likes Azealia's T12. Really? Yeah. Well, Sam Cam went to the university in Bristol, didn't she? And he's rumoured to have sort of hung out. We're kind of tricky and people like that. It's just amazing. <laughs> Having met Tricky, just that's an incredible <laughs> conversation. I would have, I'd love to eavesdrop on that. Um, Kate Bush is back. Kate Bush is back, which is great. Which that is, is great. Good. Amazing kind of news, really. 1979 was the last time she toured. Mm. You two weren't born. No. no. I was I was seven. 
It's amazing. So, you know, uh, and it just seems remarkable. I think, my theory is, I think the things that are great about it are, one, I can't think of another gig ever or I have less of an idea what it's going to be yeah. like or what's going to happen or what she's going to do or, you know, which is fantastic. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. But I'm sort of convinced it's got to be good mm. because she has nothing to gain and everything to lose yeah. by doing this. So she must think it's going to be a matter, you know, it's incredibly tight control over her career. Yeah. So she must have something in store that she knows is amazing because why bother otherwise? Mm. You need the money. I mean, that 79 tour was so elaborate, wasn't it? Incredibly like, elaborate. Ridiculous costume changes, magicians. Yeah. Uh, there was an egg, wasn't there? Some sort of egg. She, she, was, she was sort of in an egg, wasn't yeah. she? She was wheeled about in an egg. Um, it was uh, she invented Miley, though, the. Huh? straddling a hot dog, though, was it? <laughs> Who does that? Miley. Yeah. Um, she invented the headset microphone. Really? Yeah. I think it was the first time a headset microphone was ever used. Was it Kate Bush invented? Well, I had it invented for it. It was just a coat hanger, which they sort of wrapped around her ears wow. and, it, and it kind of stuck in her mouth. But I mean, that was an incredibly elaborate, highly choreographed show, mm. and she was twenty. And will she still dance? She still does dance. How old is she now? Fifty-five, mm. I think. But I mean, you just physically cannot. You know what I mean? What's your favourite Kate Bush song? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, my favourite Kate Bush song. Well. What's your favourite Kate Bush song? First Cloud Busting. Cloud Busting, interesting. What's sure. your favourite Kate Bush song? Wow, okay. Uh, I like uh, either, mm. I like Suspended in Gaffer, mm. off The Dreaming. I think The Dreaming is just an amazing, it's the first Kate Bush album I really got into. Love that record. Um, and I like The Man with the Child in His Eyes, just because it's a beautiful song. It's an amazing song. And she was 13 when she wrote it. Wow. Frankly, if my daughter was 13 and she wrote the lyrics to that song, I wouldn't ring a record company, I'd ring a psychiatrist. <laughs> it's pretty, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty intense exploration mm. of kind of uh, the female sexuality for a 13-year-old girl <laughs> to be coming up. You know, it's a bit like... <laughs> but, you know, what a remarkable achievement. I mean, how insane to be so talented that your talent, and so sort of preternaturally talented, that it seems a bit eerie mm. what you were able to do at yeah. 13, you know. Um, I it's going to be great. I'm like rubbish. <laughs> I don't know. I just I, 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 I literally, huh? rubbish, I literally don't know. I literally don't know. Incredible. Anyway, that is all the news, isn't it? Puff Daddy. Puff I mean, Daddy. there's not much to say. Is P there? Diddy's changed his name. P Diddy has changed his name mm-hmm. back to Puff Daddy. Does anybody care? No. Maybe maybe just sort of retro mania fans of the moment who are spending all their time looking back to the golden age of the nineties might be sort of happy because this might be an point of order the golden age of the 90s surely did not involve sean puffy coombs that (laughs) no his music was way better then though wasn't it yes better than it is now Now, yeah (laughs) so maybe if if this is you know him declaring that maybe he's going to go back to that era what's the what's the not i'll be missing you oh Uh, yeah that's terrible (gasps) oh no (laughs) oh get off It's just, I'm, no. Oh, I said, oh, what's good about that? It's bloody awful. It's pretty emotional. <laughs> it's a bit much. Oh, it's terrible. You couldn't get away from it when Diana died as well. It was one of the, they'd only play like three records on the radio after she snuffed it. One was... Uh, Candle. Uh, Candle in the Wind, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other was uh, The Drugs Don't Work. And the third one was that. Oh, rough time. Oh, man. Let's open a singles club. Harriet, you first. <laughs>
is Harriet's Choice this week. That's Mac DeMarco, Treat Her Better, which is a track from his uh, third album, which is out on Monday, called Salad Days. Tell us a little bit about Mac DeMarco. Uh, so Mac DeMarco is a 24-year-old kind of oddball uh, musician from Canada. I think he lives in Brooklyn now in uh, what's been described as a windowless sort mm. of bedsit kind of box room. He is signed to Captured Tracks, who released lots of very cool pitchforky albums. But he... Um, his new album, Salad Days, I think is excellent. Um, it, it's, it, it makes me feel quite sort of youthful in the sense that it sounds like a lot of the records that my dad played on the jukebox <laughs> growing up. Actually, I don't want to be too grand with this, but um, it does remind me slightly of a kind of um, I'm so tired uh, era Beatles. I think, I think that's a very apposite comparison. I'd, I'd go slightly differently. What he reminds me of is uh, sort of uh, John Lennon. Sort of mid seventies, John Lennon, yeah. uh, like Walls and Bridges album. There's a track on there called "Old Dirt Road" that sounds very much right. like. I, as I was saying to you yesterday, I find him slightly off-putting, in that he looks like he has nits. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's sort scrubby. of he's a dirty-looking man. He is. But I read an interview with him that somebody had conducted where he said that he was playing at the Scala in King's Cross, and uh, he wanted to do the interview outside because he chain smokes apparently all the time. So he wanted to do the interview outside. So they sat in the doorway of the Scala in King's Cross. And the interviewer becomes increasingly perturbed that passers-by are going to think that he's just basically bothering a vagrant. <laughs> that he's oh he's at he used the word musty to describe the, uh, the smell of Magdemarca. Oh, However, his lacks personal hygiene and the fact that he shoves things up his bum on oh, stage. Oh, yeah, I saw that. The drumsticks. Yeah, and he's, mm. he, he, I read another interview he was talking about the, the sticking his thumb up his arse on stage, which mm. is, you know, whatever. Um, that notwithstanding, I think this is a very good album. I really like it. Uh, I think it sounds a bit like, uh, as I said, mid-70s John Lennon. I think it sounds a bit like uh, Arthur Russell, uh, the album Love Is Overtaking Me, which is sort of Arthur Russell's attempt to make a pop album. I think it sounds a bit like... Uh, who else do I think it sounds a bit like? I had some really great apposite comparison to make. Oh, we did sometimes I think it sounds a bit like My Bloody Valentine. Um, mm. But he's sort of taken their influence and used it in a very different way in that it, he uses that kind of bending kind of tone bending effect that My Bloody Valentine is but applies it to music that doesn't sound anything like My Bloody mm. Valentine so it sounds like the record's warped I mean it's yeah. like some country thing I really liked it I found it very engaging in more sort of contemporary references as well I kind of, he reminds me of uh, Kenna Moccasin and Unknown Mortal Orchestra mm. who are two of my favourite artists who do do that melty weirdy bendy thing mm. with music that I really love it's a kind of form of sort of weird psychedelic yeah, it is sort of, yeah. I think it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's psychedelic, but not in that kind of cliche mm. sense of being psychedelic. Kieran, the nits, the fact you might catch headlights off him notwithstanding. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, well, I'd read quite a lot about him as a character, and I, I read that other uh, really great interview, I think last week, the Guardian interview, where uh, he was being interviewed, and, and halfway through the interview, he was sort of moving his girlfriend's dirty pants out of the way for the journalist <laughs> and, and you know and you know all of the stuff of him performing naked on stage and and also coming out of I mean I, I know that his he's a completely different crop but when I think of Canadian producers at the moment of Chromio and Sinjin Hawk and A-Track they're all doing such exciting forward-looking you know quite eccentric music that mm. I thought oh I really hope that this is in the same vein as him because he's quite an eccentric musician and then when I heard this I was quite disappointed because it, it sort of seemed to me like it was in a similar vein of that, you know, hazy LA language chill wave type stuff and didn't feel like it was really pushing boundaries in the way that he, I might have thought because I was reading mm. about him. And yeah, I didn't I didn't really like it so much for that reason. Um, so one thumbs up, one thumbs down. It's all right. It's okay. It's equivocal. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> Matt DeMarco's Treat Better is uh, from his third album, which is streaming now, actually, on, 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 I think on NPR. Yeah. I think you can stream it. Let's move on.
to Kieran's track. Kieran's choice, that's Leaf. And boom! Kieran. He's signed to XL, and this is taken from uh, the Boom EP, which I, I really, really liked. It, it actually came out a few weeks ago, but I've been sort of listening to this track over and over, and the video just came out last week, and I think it has that sort of quality which it delivers more on each listen, which is always a good thing with a rap track. And also he was in the news this week because, as you were saying, um, Lord Jamar wrote this sort of quite damning piece um, about him and the sort of wave of, um, you know, sort of quite camp hip-hop in uh, following his um, David Letterman performance a few weeks ago. Uh, and I just thought that, that, yeah, I just think that for a, for a time, Leaf and Zebra Cats and Mickey Blanco and, you know, uh, sort of, black gay rappers were really put into that that queer rap genre tag which they've since rejected but they were making really really great music especially for rappers or all black gay rappers who you know their aesthetic only used to exist in clubs like extravaganza where you'd find them voguing and suddenly they're occupying this you know quite mainstream rap space and that's quite amazing and I think that also following that period there was people writing these pieces about Brooke Candy and you know a wave of lesbian rappers and that felt a lot more contrived because the music just wasn't as good uh, and this is really good you know that's it's really catchy there's all those falsetto injections it's hyper camp at points it has you know tiny trap elements but it doesn't sound like everything that we've heard before um, that's just yeah it's just a vibe it's produced by Double Dutch and he has an EP to follow later in the year which I think is going to be really exciting but yeah really clean and well produced and nice I think I liked it I think it's good in that um, it has the imprint of his personality upon it but it isn't something that you, you're not listening to it because it's queer rap you're not yeah, listening to exactly. it because it's a gay bloke rapping you know there's clearly you know a novelty value within that um, but I think it stands up as a, as a piece of music on its own, although it has that kind of sort of like camp element to it. Um, I just think it stands up as a really good track. I liked it very much. Harriet? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and it is different. And I, I remember when I did watch the Letterman performance, uh, it did strike me as kind of just something that I hadn't really seen in that way before. Mm. Um, and he, uh, I think he's got some really uh, great phrasing. Like, there's some really interesting, funny things he's saying. And the video's brilliant as well. Yeah. But um, no, I loved it. And it does sound so nice and clean. And I guess it's got the marks of a kind of Excel signing in that in that yeah. respect. Very cool. Yeah. It definitely seems very cool, yes. I wonder if it'll take off. I wonder if it's kind of a successful thing or if it's the kind of hip-hop... You know, you get a lot of indie bands on shows like Letterman that never, you know, you get like sort yeah. of whoever, Woo Life and people like that going on there, and it's everyone, oh man, they're on Letterman, and then it, wasn't, it didn't make any real impact, mm. unless you're kind of Future Islands, mm. <laughs> who seem to, you know, that seems to have been the big thing, but um, oh, it'd be intriguing to see. Um, but no, it's good. Um, that's Boom by Leaf, uh, Kieran's choice. Uh, let's move on to my choice. I go dancing by myself I go dancing, no one else Solo dancing, push me as I go I go dancing 
That's my choice this week. Uh, that's uh, Solo Dancing by Indiana. The, that's a Joe Goddard remix of it, but it's not madly different from the original version. Um, I just picked the Joe Goddard remix because you can stream it now. Uh, on SoundCloud, it came out this week. Uh, Indiana is... Um, she's from Nottingham, and she's been signed to a major label. And, um, you know, I got sent a sampler of her stuff. I thought, oh, God, here we go, you know. It just didn't look very terrible. It's a blonde girl, you know. It's a very kind of glossily done... And uh, I put it on. It's it's really good. The whole thing is really good. It's interesting because it's, it's you're seeing, I think, with her, the um, sort of influence on on British pop of of uh, Scandinavian pop. I mean, it doesn't you know? I mean, it, it sort of reminds me. I suppose it reminds me of Robin because the topic of the song isn't a million miles away from dancing mm. on my own. Um, but also, it seems to have a sort of hint of that kind of very cool, uh, you know, like Licky Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin kind of vibe to her voice sounds oddly Scandinavian to me but you know um, and I just yeah there's six songs on the sampler and they're all really good it's clearly commercial dance pop on one level uh, but it's it's got a little bit more about it I think loads of um, reviews have called it dark disco what do you think dark about that dark disco that's a fair enough label if you mm. want to if you want to mm. just put meaningless labels on music no um, <laughs> Uh, as I am wont to do myself. Um, no, I think that's a, it's an interesting thing. It's, it's, it's just a sort of... It's a, I'd be intrigued to see if it takes off or not. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's been a lot of sort of attempts at having a kind of British female uh, pop star with a bit of kind of... a bit more intelligence or whatever mm. uh, behind it. It's never really kind of took off. I suppose it took off on the rude, didn't it? But then what, what, what happened to her? And Katie B. Yeah, but that's kind of different though, because that's very much a product of the urban music scene, KUB, mm. isn't she? I mean, it's very much a product of sort of garage and, and funky and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think this is more of a kind of pure pop okay. sort of product. Would uh, it exist in the kind of gold frap fan world? I suppose so, yeah, maybe, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem as kind of deliberately edgy as gold frap no. to me. It seems to be sort of a more, you know, straightforward, straightforwardly aimed at Radio 1, whereas gold frap is always quite sort of an arty thing to begin with. But it's an interesting thing, I think, to try and do. Yeah. To try and launch kind of a pop star that's just got a sort of bit of... You're right about that kind of, that straightforward pairing of feeling very sexy and feeling very danceable at the same time. You know, that that clip... I always feel that one. Well, yeah, you know, as as a lady in the club, that's what you need, isn't it, Alexis? It certainly is. (laughs) (laughs) But I really liked um, Smoking Gun, which she did, and I thought that this was even better than that. It was, yeah, really danceable, and um, actually you can't even hear in that clip, but it, it, it... there's some really nice pauses and it's really well paced and it does shift a little bit um, up and down but I think it's yeah I just thought it was great and I danced loads to it when I heard it hey cool Harriet I actually thought her voice had a kind of a sort of distant Dolly Parton uh, vibe really? about it. Actually, it, God, it, it's God, sort of right. haunting country. That's amazing. Yeah. You're right. It does sound a bit like Dolly Parton. She sounds sad about something. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> well, she's done some of her own. Yeah. Well, actually, the video uh, has uh, a lot of references to masturbation. So I wondered if it was a metaphor. Ah, interesting. Mm. I haven't seen the video. The references have to masturbate. So it's just like clips of um, sort of phrases. That, yeah, like oh, a chain being yanked. Oh, really? Or like a piece of meat being slapped or like someone rubbing butter into a corner of the cob. Mm. Wow! Lots of solo dancing. Wow! Yeah. So it's a song about wanking. <laughs> that, that should be. I mean, there's not that many songs about wanking. She Bop by Cindy Lauper. This is a blog. Yeah. Um, Teenage Kicks by the Undertones, obviously, very yeah. famously. Tweet. Song about wanking. Touch myself. Tweet. Uh, yeah. 
Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Yeah. Oh yeah. I touch myself by the divine. Oh, yes. There's a, a very obscure. Any more post, suggestions? Very obscure post punk band called uh, Danny and the Dressmakers who had a song called "Going Down the Sperm Bank Four Quid a Wank." <laughs> Um, amazing. And actually, I've got another one here. This is mm. what, what a fertile area of talent. <laughs> Top ten hits mm. that actually make references in the first verse to being wanked off by a prostitute. Far, far away by Slade. <laughs> I've had a red light off the wrist without me even getting kissed. There you go. <laughs> Anybody else out there has got any more? I mean, feel free. This is a blog. It's happening. This is this is just it's like a, it's like a feature <laughs> meeting. It's amazing. Um, did you like the record? I quite liked it. It wasn't quite. Uh, sort of different from other things that sound similar in, in order she to hated it. it. No, you're, being, you're trying to be nice, you're trying to be nice no, aren't no. you? So I've given you the idea I for a blog. Like <laughs> you feel <laughs> pathetic degree of gratitude that is, is, is seeping out and trying to pretend you like the record that I like. I quite liked it. Do you know we did actually do um, a blog about masturbation in pop? Did you? Yeah. It was like one of the best red things we've ever done was. on the site. It's clickbait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the picture was Miley Cyrus sort of. Um, with the, the on the phone. bangers tour, no, oh. yeah, yeah, sort of on a thing. Mm-hmm. Can't you can't see it, which the is good. Hand. Yeah, the, no, no, it was her. I'm going to stop actually. Mm-hmm. I don't want to describe what it is. Okay. I quite liked it. I quite liked the song. Didn't love it. Four, four, five, five, five out of ten. Okay, there's your poster <laughs> quote. Um, Indiana solo <laughs> dancing, the Joe Goddard remix. You can stream that online now. Let us move on. That is Singles Club. It's time to hear from our heavy metal correspondent, Dom Lawson, who has once again swallowed a whole mouth of roaring and distortion and spat out the highlights for us. Metallica, the biggest metal band on the planet, have released a brand new song, their first new material since the Beyond Magnetic EP in 2011. The song was debuted at a gig in Bogota, Colombia on March the 16th and fan videos of the performance appeared on YouTube, but Metallica have since released an official demo version of the song which may or may not make an appearance on their long-awaited new studio album, which is expected to service in 2015. Opinion is divided on the relative merits of the new track, but the truth is, it's a bit rubbish. Metal fans around the world are in mourning this week following the sudden and unexpected death of Dave Brocky, better known as Odorous Arungus, frontman with obscene and wildly theatrical shock rockers Gwar. He was only 50 years old. Brocky and his band have been entertaining metalheads for the last 30 years with their ludicrous horror and science fiction themed stage show that generally ended with audiences drenched in fake blood and intergalactic man splooge. Tributes to the great man have been flooding in from fans and fellow musicians alike. He will be sorely missed. The internet nearly snapped in two recently after the emergence of Japanese pop metal phenomenon, Baby Metal. (laughs) 
a perverse hybrid of helium-voiced J-pop melodies sung by three teenage girls, thunderous modern metal riffs and state-of-the-art pop electronics, the band are enjoying huge success in their native country and look certain to conquer other parts of the world too. Their self-titled debut album is available now, and it's either a masterpiece or the worst thing ever. Or both. I'm not sure it really matters. The late, great Ronnie James Dio is saluted and remembered on a new tribute album called This Is Your Life, which comes out on April the 1st. We're a ship without a storm, the cold without the warm, light inside the darkness that it needs, yeah. Starring the likes of Metallica, Slipknot's Corey Taylor, Motorhead, Anthrax, Killswitch Engage and Jack Black's comedy rock duo Tenacious D, the album was organised by Ronnie's widow Wendy and will raise funds for the Ronnie James Dio Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund. Bits of it are really, really good. The rest, not so much. All in a good cause though, so why not buy it anyway? We're up to the witch. We may never, never, never come home. But the magic that we feel is worth a lifetime. We're all bound upon the cross. Where the flow before the toss You can release yourself But the only way is down We don't come alone We are fire That was Dom Lawson, full as ever Of the joys of metal uh, and that's it for this week. Thank you, Harriet. Thank, Thank you for coming you. in. Always a pleasure to have you. Uh, tell us your thoughts at theguardian.com forward slash musicweekly, where you'll also find the links to the Singles Club tracks. Uh, Kieran and I will be back next week. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, drag and drop tools, and 24-7 support. Squarespace also offers seamless e-commerce solutions for you or your small business. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look brilliant on any device. Start your free trial today. No credit card required. As a Guardian podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your new account by using the offer code GUARDIAN.